Hello, I'm Lainey Gonzalez, aka The Ecological Badass, and I want to welcome you to my podcast series. Today, I'll be sharing one of my personal tales of adventure. I hope that my story will help you connect to your own internal badass. I'd really love to inspire you to get out into this big, beautiful world and make your own kind of difference. So lace up those hiking boots, grab that day pack, let's get going. Ecological Badass here, coming to you with episode three, story number two. Today's topic, Borneo. But before we take our journey together, I need to mention Africa. In 1996, I had the amazing opportunity to spend the entire year in Africa. And when that year was up, I made up my mind that the next logical destination was Borneo. Why Borneo? I don't know. But the seed was planted and it only took 17 years for me to actually make the trip. Now, the next step, Ottawa, Canada. As you can see, this is not a direct path. I was in the final years of my master program and the subject of my work was the American black bear. So I was actually in Ottawa, Canada at a conference to present my work. Um, believe it or not, there are enough bear nerds in the world to fill a large conference hall. And I had just spent the morning listening to other researchers talk about their findings. Now, as fascinating as that is, I was ready for a break. I was collecting my belongings, getting ready to head out the door and go take in the city when they introduced the next speaker. He goes by the name Wong. And when they mentioned that he had a Sun Bear Conservation Center in Borneo, well, I sat right back down. I listened attentively. Here was my ticket. Surely Wong would need an extra hand. Well, one year later, I was volunteering at the Bornean Sun Bear Conservation Center, the BSBCC. Now, in my opinion, Wong is a true wildlife hero. Why do I say that? Well, he had a goal, and that goal was to conserve sun bears and the tropical rainforest habitat that they require. So he constructed, not by himself, but he was part of the process, and is now directing the BSBCC. Now, does he do this single-handedly? Of course not. But the man has immense passion and dedication, and he's focused, and he's got the combination of qualities that attract attention. And attention is exactly what an endangered species like the sun bear needs. At this point in time, the BSBCC is open to the public. It wasn't when I was volunteering there. And the focal point 
is a tropical rainforest enclosure complete with a viewing platform from which lucky visitors can catch a glimpse of sun bears in their natural habitat. Now, I arrived in Borneo, the Malaysian part of Borneo, an area called Sepalak, kind of at the northern tip, and I paid a mare pittance for my room and board. The BSBCC maintains a house for volunteers and some of the staff members. I shared a room with a 19-year-old young woman, and we shared the house with a 25-year-old young man. Now, it's funny, but Borneo is where I came to the realization that it's a little bit different traveling when you're 50 plus. And at 50, I was definitely the old woman in our group. Well, my first eye-opening experience was when I went to dinner with the 19-year-old and the 25-year-old. The waitress, well, she was adorable. She kept giggling. <laughs> she kept coming over to our table, laughing, smiling at us. And finally, at the end of the evening, she admitted she thought it was so sweet that the two of them had brought their mother to dinner. My other eye-opening experience, I was walking down the road with the 19-year-old and a 20-year-old young woman who had joined us as another volunteer. Well, as we were walking, we were eliciting cat calls from the young men we were passing. Now, back in the day, I could turn a few heads. So imagine my surprise when it dawned on me I'm not the focus of those catcalls. Well, there is an advantage to being 50 plus. One of the things that's an advantage is maturity. We don't fall for the same things we used to. Here's an example. The 19 year old and the 25 year old were trying to talk me into doing something that I didn't wanna do. What was their line? Come on, if you do it, you'll be cool. I looked at them and I said, I'm 50. I'm in Borneo. I'm volunteering at the BSBCC and I'm sharing a house with the two of you. I'm already cool. They couldn't argue with that. And let me tell you, that was my bad ass shining through. So my days at the BSBCC consisted mainly of cleaning enclosures. Yes, that includes a little scooping of poop. Another badass point. Prepping food, a lot of chopping, slicing and dicing, and feeding the bears. Now, once a day, I would gather a huge bucket of food and walk the fence line surrounding the tropical rainforest enclosure, throwing food over the fence to the bears. One of the objectives of the BSBCC is to reintroduce those bears that are capable of living in the wild back into the wild. And this was one step in preparing them for that, forcing them to forage for their food instead of just 
hand feeding them. Now, at some point, the BSBCC staff caught on to the fact that I was a teacher and that I had actually taught environmental education, and they decided to take advantage of that. So they put me in the office and they had me write up some curriculum that they could use for their school groups. All in all, a really worthwhile experience. Now, this next little bit is going to have you question just how much of a badass I am. But I'm going to tell you anyway. The BSBCC is situated adjacent to an orangutan rehabilitation center. And so the facility is surrounded by free-ranging orangutans. Pretty darn cool. But if you're out and about by yourself and you encounter one of these orangs, even though they might have the best of intentions, the fact that they are huge means that they could really hurt you if they decide you need a bear hug. So the center insisted that if we were out and about alone, we take a radio with us. Well, it was the last day for me at the center and I wanted to head out to the viewing platform and take some photographs of the bears in that tropical rainforest enclosure. No one wanted to come along. So the center staff handed me a radio, gave me a brief tutorial. You gotta count to three before you speak. Press the button, one, 1,000, two, 2,000, three, 3,000. Got it? Yep, and off I went. Now, I should tell you that when you're at the viewing platform, if you go out to the very edge where you have the best chance of seeing the bears, the two access points, the stairs and the ramp, are behind you. Now, that's going to be important. So I was out at the very tip of the viewing platform happily snapping photographs when all of a sudden I was joined by a troop of macaque monkeys. It's okay. They seemed to be occupied with something else. So I kept taking photographs, minding my own business, and they went about theirs. Well, that all changed when I realized there was a female macaque with a baby in her lap. I could not resist that photo op. So I pointed my lens at the female with the baby, took my picture. As soon as that, that shutter snapped, I heard a menacing hissing sound. And when I lowered my camera, I looked up to see that I was surrounded by four large adult macaque monkeys baring their teeth and hissing at me. As calmly as I could, I put my camera in my backpack, I put my backpack on my back, and I reached for the radio. Now at this point, my voice is quivering just a little. One, one thousand, two, two thousand, three, three thousand. Uh, Hello? 
A few seconds go by and a crackly voice answers, yes. Now, at this point, I'm realizing those four macaques are within biting distance. And I'm having visions of having to get rabies shots and stitches. So my voice is getting a little quavery. One, one thousand, two, two thousand, three, three thousand. What about macaques? The voice comes back. Yeah, they're fine. Just ignore them. They only become a problem if you pay attention to them. Uh-oh. One, one thousand, two, two thousand, three, three thousand. Uh, too late. They're after me. Silence. At this point, I'm realizing those four assailants are between me and my means of escape, and it appears nobody is going to come help me. So I very slowly, carefully, deliberately started to maneuver myself, and I managed to spin the crowd around so that now I was next to the ramp. I kept my eyes on those monkeys the entire time and I waited. Meanwhile, taking one step back, another step back. Well, when the monkeys became distracted, I did something I would never recommend, ever. In fact, it's a stupid idea. I ran. I ran faster than I've ever run before. I ran as if my life depended on it. And when I got to the bottom of the ramp, there was Wong to intercept me. He'd come to rescue me after all. Okay. Well, at this point, I'm feeling a little sheepish because let's face it, running from four macaques is not a very badass thing to do. But what Wan did next pretty much added salt to the wound. He led me back up that ramp. Sure, the monkeys were still there, probably enjoying the smell of fear that still hung in the air. And I watched in amazement as Wong sat down and started photographing them. Did they hiss? No. Did they bare their teeth? No. At this point, I felt utterly humiliated. My mind was coming up with excuses. Sure, Wong's used to, Wong, excuse me, is used to macaques. Of course, he's going to be comfortable around them. Ah, oh, those monkeys, they've already established their position. They don't have to act aggressive anymore. On and on. It wasn't my most noble moment. But here's the thing. I got out of it alive with no scars, no rabies shots, nothing, no stitches. So maybe pretty badass after all. Hey, if you're not convinced, here's one more snippet. Before I left home, the one thing that I was scared to encounter in Borneo were leeches. leeches. Now I can add macaques to the list. Now, I am no fan of bloodsuckers. 
and I did not, did not want to encounter a leech. So I did everything to avoid it. I bought and wore leech socks. I dressed from head to toe. I was careful when we were out hiking the trails in the forest. And guess what? I got a leech. Yep. And you know what I realized? It wasn't that bad after all. Now, fun fact, all leeches are hermaphrodites, which means they play both the male and the female role. And when it comes time to reproduce, well, that's when the blood sucking starts. They attach, they dig in, and then they produce an anesthesia that numbs you out so you don't know they're there. They suck the blood until they're full and then they fall off. Now, at the same time, they produce something called an anticoagulant because they don't want their meal interrupted by your blood clotting. So the way you typically know you've had a leech is you are bleeding and you're bleeding pretty good. Well, I was bleeding, but again, I survived. Pretty badass, huh? Yeah, what are the messages from today? Message number one, steer clear of macaques. In my opinion, they are definitely the bastards of the monkey kingdom. Number two, traveling after 50 has its rewards. Number three, you're never too old to volunteer. And there are plenty of people out there doing really great ecological work and they could use a helping hand. The opportunities range from absolutely free to kind of pricey so you can pick and choose. But either way, get out there and do it. Get out there and make a difference. All right, that's it for today. Badass done. <laughs>